Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. The Holy Spirit has stayed with us. He is here with us. He, he wants us to encounter Him. He wants us to walk and live with Him. And Peter was giving an explanation for what happened. A, a good friend of ours, a guy called Gerald Coates, he said this a lot. So often the church is busy trying to explain something that hasn't happened yet. That's not the kind of church we want to be a part of. That's not the kind of church we're in right now. Even the explanation of everything that's been going on in the nations. So God moves first and then we begin to explain and say, this is that. This is what that means. And here, this is Peter's words from verse 22. Men of Israel, listen to this message. Jesus of Nazareth was a man certified by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourself know. He was delivered up by God's set plan and foreknowledge, and you, by the hands of the lawless, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, releasing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for him to be held in its clutches. David says about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Say that out. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also dwell in hope because he will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you with confidence that the patriarch David died. And was buried. And his tomb is with us to this day. You can just imagine Peter, even as he's preaching in the city of Jerusalem, he can be pointing to the very place where David's tomb is. So that prophetic word was not talking about David. It was talking about Jesus. So many of the things in our lives that we've got to keep pointing them back to Jesus. The pr prophetic words that he's given, it points us back to Jesus. The life that God's living, he points it back to Jesus. And Peter does exactly the same. Talking of David in verse 30, he says... But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. For seeing this, David spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his body see decay. But God raised this Jesus. Say this Jesus. This Jesus to life, to which we are all witnesses. Exalted then to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into heaven, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let it be known to all Israel. Let it be known to all Dudley this morning with certainty that God has made this Jesus. What a great title if we would ever do a series again. This Jesus. I'm going to be speaking on that in the next couple of weeks. This Jesus whom you crucified is now both Lord and Christ. Say this with me. This Jesus is Lord. This Jesus is Lord. And I love reading the, the stories of Jesus, reading about what he did when he was on earth. And one of the things that we preach about and that is said of him is that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. 
And we know that he was the servant. We know that he laid his life down for his disciples. We know that he went to the least and to the lowest. We know that he was born in, in, the, in a place of poverty, that he gave himself for the least and the lowest. But I want you to know that something has shifted, that this servant is now the servant king. And this Jesus who was low and meek and mild is now the king of all the earth. And this is the crux of what Peter was preaching when he was making this apostolic announcement as he was preaching in the city of Jerusalem. And I think, I believe that it's something we all know as Christians. Yes, Jesus is Lord. How many times do we sing it? Yes, we proclaim it. But I just want to dig into this for a minute because I want you to know that this is a reality right now in our lives. That this is a truth that we get to walk in, that we get to live in. This is actually one of the missing dynamics of our Christian faith. As I was studying this, I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me, ask me some difficult questions. Can I ask you the same questions? We see Peter at the end of this message say to um, Jerusalem, Jesus is Lord. And they say, what shall we do? They were cut to the heart. And signs, wonders, and miracles were poured out. As such an anointing of unity was poured out. Possessions were sold. Positions were given up. All laid down for the sake of this new position underneath the Lord Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Ryan, you can tell how much Jesus is Lord in your life by how much authority you move in. Ryan, you can tell how much Jesus is Lord in your life by how much of surrender you, give, you live in. You can tell how much Jesus is Lord by how much obedience you act in. You can tell that Jesus in your life, that Jesus is Lord in your life, Ryan, by how much power you see operating in your everyday life. Now, God, not, Holy Spirit never asks those questions because He wants to condemn you. He asks them because He wants to convict you and He wants to raise you up. And I believe that there is a key that we can discover here to be a people who move in such great authority. Do you want to move in authority? God has poured an authority upon your life that until you stand up and have a voice and begin to speak in your situations, things will not occur. God wants His kingdom to move and He's chosen you. He wants to pour His power out upon in your life. And, and I know right now you can think, Ryan, you're talking about preachers. I am. But I'm also talking about families. I'm not just talking about people who come up on the stage and say, where is, that, where is the healing? There's healing that's even happening this morning. There's a progressive healing that's going to happen. That's going to be culminated very soon from that word Christina gave about the river. That's what I believe is happening. But let me tell you, this is not just to see demonstrations of the Spirit's power for people when you go to the, 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 the peninsula, or for people when you go to India, or for people when you go to Africa to see, to see people walk in healing. It's for you in your everyday life. When was the last time that you laid your hands on a sick child because they came home with a fever and the fever left? Lord, that can be me and my family. Why? Because I want to put it on Instagram and look really cool? No. Because that is the bread God has given me to heaven. That is what I, from heaven. That is what I can live in when I walk in His Lordship. And so this was the central theme. It's a fundamental truth that Jesus is Lord. You know, we get so used to calling him Lord in all of our songs and singing about it. When he was on earth, the main name that they used for Jesus was rabbi. They used this name teacher. 
They used his name, Jesus. They used lots of different names. And a few times they used the word Lord. But something happened after this moment, the time that we're living in right now. Not that we've ever left it, but it's good to be reminded of this. Something happened when they had a revelation of the truth that this Jesus is Lord and Messiah. Every single time they talked about the Lord from this moment on, whether it's Paul writing to the churches, whether it's uh, the continued expansion of the church in the book of Acts, they call him Lord. And I want you to know that word Lord is the same word Lord that's translated throughout the Old Testament as well, where the God gives his name to people, Yahweh. I am to be known by the Lord Yahweh. He gives his name Adonai. We translate all of that Lord. And Jesus is Lord. It has amazing implications. Um, that was the, the, the very crux of this apostolic declaration. And I want you to know that this was quite a revelation for Peter as it happened. And let me just tell you the, the story here. You see, God moves in our lives in progressive ways, and he moves in our lives in immediacy. We all love the immediate, don't we? We all love that overnight success. You know that there's no such thing as an overnight success. I, I realized that uh, that was really brought home to me a couple of weeks ago when we were in Zimbabwe. There was a few people who were family friends who came to the meetings and they came up to me. And they said, Ryan, when did you get so good at preaching? Remember, I haven't been in Zimbabwe for 20 years. Ryan, when did you get so good at singing? I got to lead worship. It was so much fun. Ryan, when did you get to be so good at playing the guitar? And I found myself thinking, what, what are you talking about? And then I remembered, when I left the country, I was a tall, skinny, spotty 18-year-old boy with long hair. Where's my son? Not, not, far, not unlike my son's hair. But don't tell him I said that. He'll start cutting it off straight away. You know, just trying to play a guitar and just trying to share a few words. And these were the same people who would come up to me and say, oh, it was okay, but, you know, you need to practice your guitar a little bit longer. You know, you, you need to, you need to um, just maybe get a few singing lessons. You know, sometimes some people can be really blunt. And now 20 years later, I turn up, and for me, it feels like overnight success. Bing, who's this guy who's here singing so good, preaching pretty well? I think it was pretty good. Let me tell you, the way the Holy Spirit moved at the end of those meetings was so good. I'm so grateful for God for that. I don't... I want to do as best as I can, prepare as well as I can, preach as good as I can. But the thing that marks that God is moving in the meetings is when the Holy Spirit touches your life. That's what, I, that's what we're after. I mean, we were praying for nine and seven-year-old boys and girls falling underneath the power of the Holy Spirit. We were, we were praying over groups of people who had never spoken in tongues, speaking in tongues for the first time. And as you begin to lay hands, you can feel literally the power of the Holy Spirit moving through you. He wasn't taking what was in you and diluting because that's not how God works. He flows through you. And it was just incredible. But we all love the immediacies, don't we? We all love that kind of overnight success. And even for Jesus, this process, he was always Lord. Let me tell you this. When he was born, he was always Lord. When he was ministering, he was always Lord. But there was a process, a progression that he had to go through. And I'm getting somewhere with this because there is a systematic defeat that God is bringing through in our lives of every single enemy. You read uh, with me on the screen where it says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make every enemy a footstool for your feet. Let me tell you what we're coming into with Jesus being Lord in this season is that every single enemy that is sit trying to set itself up in your life 
is being cast down at the name of Jesus. Every single enemy that is trying to set itself up in your healing, in your health, is being cast down right now in the name of Jesus. Every single enemy that is coming in your workplace is being cast down right now in the name of Jesus. I want someone in this room to grab a hold of this for your relationships. There are things that are being set up in the doorways and the gateways of your relationships where the enemy is trying to... Um, overplay his hand and set up his, his, his right, but we say, you are a legal right. You are a squatter. You get out of this place in the name of Jesus Christ because Jesus is Lord over my family. Jesus is Lord over this church. Jesus is Lord over this town. Jesus is Lord over every circumstance. Jesus is Lord over your possessions. Jesus is Lord over your positions. Jesus is Lord over your workplace. This is the declaration that the disciples realized. And do you know what? It filled them with such a great boldness. Jesus is Lord over Dudley. Jesus is Lord over Dudley. You see, there, there was this progression though. And let me just, just stick with me for a little bit because just like an earthly king has a process. First, the first step in the process is he's born. Or he becomes an heir. So think about David, King David. As an heir, he is born. Um, and what does he write in Psalm 139? He writes about himself. He says, you saw me, Lord, when I, in the unseen places, when I was knit together in my mother's womb. There is a place uh, where the progression starts, and that's inception, that's birth. And what, is, what did they prophesy about Jesus in Isaiah 9 verse 6? The government will rest upon his shoulders. His name will be called See, he's always been Lord, but there's been a progression because God is bringing through a systematic defeat. The next thing that happens is you have to grow up in maturity. There's a cultivation. There's places in our lives where we go through things that we don't always enjoy, but God is bringing us through them for a reason. For David, I love David. He's probably my favorite king. Apart from Jesus, I could preach about David all the time. He's my man. I mean, he's a cool, good, good guitar player too, I bet you. But David, here he is. He's a shepherd in the field. He's learning how to shepherd the sheep. And God's teaching him. He's maturing in him. He's developing and growing. He's cultivating the gifting. It's not recognized yet, but David's doing something with it. He's learning how to fend off the wolves and the bears. He's getting ready for the giants that are going to be slain. Even in the life of Jesus, it says in Luke 2, verse 52, I think, that he grew in favor with both God and with man. He was always law, but there is a progression. Then there comes a point of anointing. There comes a point where there is a called out. There is a separated. There is a recognition from heaven. And we know for David it happened when this, the prophet turned up at his house. And the prophet Samuel turns up and he asked Jesse to assemble all of his sons. And David has to battle rejection. Let me tell you, there are giants of rejection that are being slain in people's life in this time. There are giants of fear that God is going to slay in your life in this time. And Jesse didn't bring his son David. And you know the story. Samuel goes through all of the boys, all of the men. He says, but this is not the one. Praise God for prophetic figures who don't buckle under the fear of man and who stay firm to what God has called them, knowing that there was one more. And David gets anointed. This is an important part in the process. For Jesus was anointed. Where? At his baptism. 
He goes to John and he says, you have to baptize me. And John says, no, this isn't right. You need to baptize me. But Jesus says, no, this is fitting for all righteousness to be fulfilled. There are reasons that this progression has to happen. Jesus gets baptized. He comes up out of the water. And what do we see? The Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove and the heavens are opened. And, and I love this. Trevor speaks this a lot. The heavens have never been closed. Remember that. Hold on to that. And then there comes the point of culmination. Finally, the crown is put on their head. Finally, they have a kingdom to reign over. Finally, a kingdom is inaugurated. Finally, there comes a moment of assuming the full responsibility. And we all love the finalists, don't we? I want to speak of your life that today and with the season we're stepping in right now is becoming a moment of immediately. It is becoming a moment of the finally. God is coming to crown situations, circumstances, things that have been going through progresses and processes. God is saying now is a moment. But what happens, you see, we, we walk through God, these processes and I want you to know, never give up on God in the mundane. So often we can go through things that just feel so mundane. So, so, so it's like a treasury. Never give up on God in the mundane. Keep showing up in those things. Those are the processes that are bringing you together to the place where one day it'll feel as if overnight success has arrived. It'll feel as if you've suddenly been crowned, but it's because you've gone through every one of these processes. Never give up on God in the monotony. There are times in our lives where we just feel like it's over and over again. The same old things, the same old things. Let me tell you. No, I'm not going to share that story because of time. Don't give up on God in the mundane. Don't give God up God in the monotony. Learn how to worship on the way. Learn how to worship in the waiting. You know, so often we can, we can feel like I'm going to praise God when I get there. But praise God on the journey. Praise God in what you're going through. Praise God in the day-to-day. -day because what then happens is Jesus comes into Jerusalem. And what do all the disciples think is going to happen? Here is our king. He's going to take over the kingdom. But that wasn't the time of culmination yet. He came with a triumphal entry on a donkey. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweat drops of blood and tears for us he went to the cross and everyone thought it was over they thought this was the moment of culmination they thought had we missed our moment of completion have we missed our immediacy but God had not done with his process yet of making Jesus Lord and then they go three days later to the grave where some of the, the, their women had gone to pour ointment and spices on the body. And they realize that he is no longer there. And there begins to come within them an excitement. Is this now what's happening? You see, it doesn't always happen as you expected. Your immediacy is coming. It doesn't always happen as you expected. But today is a moment. And then Jesus is resurrected. And he appears to them for 40 days and he tells them to wait for 10 more days in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit is poured upon them. And in this moment that he, of ascension, resurrection, there comes a point of completion where all of a sudden Peter stands and says, this is it. This is the moment. We've been waiting through the process. We haven't given up. We've been faithful. I'm praying upon you, church, in the moments that are difficult, the things that you're going through, that you continue to be faithful. You continue to hold on to God, hold on to His promises, hold on to His truth. Because they, come, they came a point where Jesus is Lord. There comes a point where He is overall. And I want to just show you this. 
Why this process? Why this step-by-step, moment-by-moment? And here's the reason. Because first, first off, Jesus is systematically defeating the enemy on our behalf. First off, in heaven, the devil appears in heaven and tries to make himself greater than God. Let me tell you, there was no context, no contest in heaven. Satan was cast down. Where was he cast down? To the earth. Jesus comes now on the earth as man because we fail to overcome the, the, the enemy. Jesus comes as man and he defeats Satan on the earth. He defeats him when he's tempted three times. He defeats him every time he heals a sick person. He defeats him every time he, has a, he tries to take his disciples out. He defeats him every time he's, he's um, sat with a, a woman caught in adultery. He's there in the dust, but he defeats the enemy. The enemy then thinks he's won because he's put the, Jesus on the cross. But what does Jesus do? He goes down to the grave and he defeats him in the grave. Let me tell you, the enemy has been judged, defeated, and destroyed in heaven, on earth, and in the grave. And this is the realization that Peter declares when he stands and says, This Jesus is Lord. This Jesus has made a way for me in, on, in heaven on earth and under the earth. And I want to finish. Just read out the scripture. Put it up, Pauline. This is what it says. Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11. Let's read this out together. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every time acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Praise Jesus. He's Lord. He's Lord in our life. Did you see that? He is Lord in heaven, on earth, and under earth. Let me tell you, whenever, whenever anything tries to come and lift its head up in your life and to make itself greater than Lord, the Lord Jesus in your life, you cast it down. Jesus has defeated that. You are walking in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I want you to be a people so full of authority. I want you to be a people so full of power. I want you to be a people so full of life. Not because we've done anything. Because He has done everything. Do you remember those three things we read out that was prophesied by David in Peter's speech? He said this. Let me just pull it up for you because this is... These are the three areas God wants to make himself Lord in our lives. It says in Acts chapter 2, verse 25 and 26, David said, because the Lord is always before me, Jesus is Lord, I will not be shaken. No more shaking in our lives. Therefore, my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, and my body will dwell in hope. Listen, it's this simple. There, we need the Lordship of Christ in these three areas of our life, church. And you can say, Ryan, oh man, it's so simple. I love simple. Remember what I said about the mundane, the monotony? Never lose Jesus in the monotony or the mundane of these simple things. Make sure that Jesus is Lord in your, your speech, in your tongue, everything that you say. What are you saying over your wife? What are you saying of your husband? What are you saying over your family, your children? What are you saying over your workplace? What are you saying over your leaders, over your nation? Jesus is Lord. I can't expect to see victory in all these areas of my life if with my tongue I am, um, I am crowning, raising up something other than Jesus is Lord with my tongue. Does that make sense? So Jesus, be, let Jesus be Lord in your tongue this week. 
in your heart. Let Jesus be Lord in your heart. Your heart is the seed of your emotions. Can you imagine your emotions coming underneath the subject of the Lordship of Jesus Christ? If I had more time, I could speak a lot about that. Let me tell you, I'm a man and I know what it is for my emotions to fluctuate. (laughs) But for my emotions to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Lord, would our hearts be so... um, Subject to your lordship this week, our thoughts, our wills, our desires, would you subject them to your lordship this week? And the third one is bodies. May our bodies know the lordship of Jesus Christ. You know, I mentioned that the heavens haven't closed. And they haven't. But there are things that we do, maybe with our mouths. There's things that we speak. There's things that we do sometimes with our bodies that it gives the enemy right back in. And it feels as if we have closed the heavens. Oh, the heavens have been closed to us. Let me tell you, they are never closed. All you need to do is remind yourself that Jesus is Lord in the heaven, on the earth, under the earth. And that closing which you are experiencing internally will be opened again because you come underneath the alignment of the open heaven. You come underneath the alignment of the truth that Jesus is Lord. In your bodies, Jesus is Lord. In your health, Jesus is Lord. In the physical realm, Jesus is Lord. In the spiritual realm, Jesus is Lord. Right here on earth today, Jesus is Lord. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.